You're listening to Japanese Baptist Church in Seattle, Washington. So for today's message, I'm going to talk about what this sermon is not. Uh, talking about faith like a child, uh, the first thing I want to say is that this is not a sermon about parenting. Uh, the reason is I am not an experienced parent. Uh, my child's only three and a half, and um, I'm learning all the time. Uh, you can ask Rhea, you can ask Eden, definitely. Uh, I am still learning on the job, and there is so much wisdom that I still need to learn. And um, there are many places where I see my own brokenness and my own faults, and uh, I just have to humble myself in prayer. And I don't know if I have much wisdom to impart in that matter. And um, I ask for your prayers for our family that you know we that Ria and I can parent Eden well, but also to I pray for all the other parents as well that when you don't feel like you have the answers that you would feel God surrounding you with grace. Um, I won't get into this in the rest of the sermon, but I thought it would be good to just take a little moment before I speak to acknowledge that this, uh, the time of the coronavirus has been an extremely difficult time for parents. I can only imagine um, the struggles that come with each developmental age, um, the unique challenges of having a newborn or having a new child in this time or if you had a child in early grade school or later grade school, or perhaps um, one that is graduating. Uh, some of you don't know is that I'm an adjunct professor at Seattle Pacific University, and I have many students in my class who are freshmen, and they're talking about their experience of feeling like their whole lives, were, they were told that, you know, it's building up to graduation, graduation, and it has all these experiences. And those experiences that they were, talked, that they were told about uh, were not presented to them. And now they're going into college, which was supposed to be this other experience. And now having to do all their classes remotely, um, it's very different than what they had imagined. Parenting and helping uh, young people to go through these times is very difficult. And I can only imagine also how difficult it is for those of you watching who may have children with special needs and they need special resources and how difficult that was uh, before COVID times and now how difficult it must be. And I'm just listing this because um, many people outside of our familiar JBC community actually watch this service. And I don't know if you're out there and maybe this is speaking to you or maybe you don't have a child. and. Uh, and that has its own challenges as well, being in the COVID times, not having a family or a support around you. I guess I just wanted to just take a moment to say that um, I see you and I hear you, and our prayers are definitely with you. And my hope is that you don't have to feel like you're alone. And if there's any way that we, as a family at JBC, can help you feel connected or help give you the strength somehow to get through this time, please, please let us know. We want to be there for you. So this sermon is kind of uh, the way I've been mapping out uh, all of the sermons to come for the next two months. And uh, it's hard to believe, but uh, Lent and Easter um, are soon coming upon us. And as I was just going through these sermons, and I was just thinking about what's happened in the country in the past couple of months, I just felt like we needed some kind of message to pause, 
to pause and reset in a way. And what I mean to say about this is that I think since November, with all of the drama of the elections and then hearing about you know, the mob at the Capitol and all of the drama and the politics that came along with that, um, and then all of the anxiety about transitions of power, and then also about looking forward, it's a very difficult time for everyone in the nation. I think our, our whole psyche has been traumatized in some way, whatever your political leaning is. And I can't help but feel when I was looking through all of the news and all the social media at this time, everything just seemed so explosive, so reactive, so uh, angry, so cynical, uh, so difficult. And I have to admit, at times, I was a little overwhelmed. And there were definitely moments in these past several months where I actually had to just stop social media. I had to stop reading the news as, much, as frequently as I did. Um, there is a phrase um, that some, some people say, it's called doom scrolling. And basically, it's just you, you can't stop looking at all these like negative, destructive, pessimistic um, stories in your feed. And you just keep scrolling through them. You just keep doom scrolling them all. And I feel like maybe some of us have been stuck in doom scrolling mode. And I thought maybe this sermon would just help in some way, just to step back slightly from that. I think we have to recognize that we are in a very fragile time. I think people's hearts and spirits are very fragile. And I think what makes it more difficult is that it seems like the vaccines are on the way, but as we hear more about it, we might have a ways to go still. And if you're familiar with counseling, they talk about how people who are at the greatest risk of self-harm are not actually when they are at rock bottom, but it is at the sign where they see a glimpse of recovery. And it's at that time when they see a glimpse of recovery, the heart is very fragile because it's, it's uh, stuck between this moment. Do I choose hope or do I choose despair? And I think that's kind of the fragile moment that we're in right now. Many are struggling with communication and strife in the household, um, struggling with the future of their jobs, the economy, the future of what church will look like in these days to come. It's been something that I have been praying and pondering a lot uh, these past several months, is wondering, where do we go from here? And this is a very, very fragile time. And I was also thinking about how the culture and the character of our times, how it, uh, it's almost like a perfect storm. You know, um, I, I think like, you know, when I talk with my friends, I'm sort of like an armchair sociologist. I love talking about trends and things I see in society. And one of the things that is interesting to me is like just talking about the, the perceptions or um, the expressions of like pop culture and such. And, you know, some people could talk about the 60s as this like uh, blooming time of optimism and idealism. Um, the 80s had this flamboyance about it. Um, had chip on its shoulder, but at the same time, this uh, unabashed um, uh, bravado about it. And then around, I'd say like the 90s, around the turn of the century, we began to see um, constantly creeping in this tension of like grittier, more realistic. And it's interesting, like even now, if you think of things like comic book movies and how many of them are so dark 
and they keep reimagining these very bright, um, hopeful icons as very flawed and broken and uh, destructive. And we're kind of locked in this thing. And I wonder if uh, we move on into future generations, I'll look back at this generation right now and say like, they were just so dark. They were so serious. They were so pessimistic. And that's kind of what I want to address about today is what does the Bible say about how we are to face with these times? What does the Bible say that followers of Jesus must be like? Not according to the cultural trends of whether like, well, you know, you look silly if you act like this. To maybe step back from that, to also feel like, hey, everyone else is scrolling. That doesn't mean you have to. Everyone else is jaded and cynical. What does the Bible say that you need to be? And so this is, I think, maybe some of the spirit that the disciples came to Jesus. Because the disciples came to Jesus and they said, well, Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And I think they want to say, can you tell us what the template of what it looks like to be a good follower of God so that when we get to the kingdom of heaven, we will, we will be able to get to the kingdom of heaven and be counted as one of the greatest. So just teach us what our best attitude should be. And yes, it was perhaps a self-serving question, but it was an honest one. And Jesus had this wonderful way of not forcing these long sermons on people, but he had this beautiful way of just turning their attention to a simple story or an object lesson of some kind. And in this moment, he called the little child to him. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such in my name welcomes me. And what I hope to do today, briefly, is to recover this understanding of what it like means to be considered great in the kingdom of God. It seems to mean that you must be like a child, to have faith like a child. Now, to be clear, this is not be about being childish. Um, it's about being childlike. You know, one of the first things that people say about, well, you know, what's a child like? And they think about innocence. And I kind of chuckle to myself and I think like, well, if you've ever sat with a child for an extended period of time and had to take care of them, I think the last thing you think about is innocence. I mean, clearly, uh, you don't have to teach these things if you have a bunch of children gather and watch the dynamics and the power things that happen, um, how the selfishness comes up. I wouldn't argue the first thing that comes to mind when I think of childlike is innocence. But there are things about it that we want to recognize and realize that these are the things that God is seeking in us. In these times where we are so jaded, we are so hardened in our hearts, where we are so antagonistic to our neighbor, where we are attacking each other based on ideas and not loving each other because we are all created in God's image. These are perilous times and it requires very serious action. And the serious action that Jesus tells us is that you have to do a radical change and become a child again. And these are the things that I thought about of how our faith is called to be childlike 
as we brave the things to come, as we try and navigate through all of our challenges, the calling for all of us is that we kind of get off of ourselves, get off of our high horses, um, get off of our egos, and become children again. And these are three things I thought about. And the first thing that I think of being like a child that struck me was about honest transparency. Being a young father has challenged me to think anew about my relationship with God as my father. See, I grew up in an Asian culture that often talked about hiding your feelings, making appearances, and repressing questions. I had an extremely strict uh, father. I lived in fear of repercussions a lot. As a pastor's kid, I realized that if I did something wrong, um, it wouldn't just affect me, but it would affect my whole family and affect even my church community. These are heavy things to bear. And I think the temptation that we have, if you have maybe this kind of Asian influence in your back, uh, background, is that we're told to cover ourselves, to hide ourselves. But one of the things that is so profound to me when I see my daughter Eden is about how transparent and honest she is. I know that uh, she's even watching this right now as I speak. And what I learned from her, from her is can we come to God as we are, honestly? Can we come like a child where we can express ourselves and not just demand answers? I think one thing that I've been learning as I've been teaching um, this course at SPU, we've been going through the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's been interesting for me to read uh, many of the reflection papers on Ecclesiastes. Many people do not like how the teacher in Ecclesiastes is asking these hard questions and seems very pessimistic at times. Some people want to just write off what he's saying. But could we perhaps change our perception and say, I appreciate these questions. I appreciate this honesty. I appreciate this transparency. One of the things that we want to go through in these times of difficulty is to not act like um, what we think we should be, but to perhaps be who we are. And it's hard. We're in a world that doesn't freely receive who we are. That's why we have these facades. But if we have a faith like a child, could we perhaps learn that this is not how God is? That though the world may be conditional in its acceptance of us, and they will only accept the certain facades that they see, the certain opinions, their backgrounds, their politics, but to know that when we come before God, God doesn't see us in any of those categories. God simply sees us as we are. And the beautiful thing is that when a child comes before their Heavenly Father, they don't have to be afraid to be completely transparent and honest. They don't have to be afraid to pray difficult prayers, to ask for things where they don't know the answers, 
to even question things, but to know that they are loved regardless. Honest transparency. The second thing is comfort with the unknown. One thing that really impressed me uh, during the COVID times was I had a conversation with Eden and uh, one of the most painful things for me was those long months when um, by our house is a playground and every day we'd pass this playground and I'd have to tell Eden, um, we can't go there, uh, it's closed. And she didn't understand why. And I tried to explain to her, it's well, you know, it's because of germs. It's not safe. And I also explained to her the library, which is something that she loves, was also closed. And I had to tell her, I was like, yeah, it's closed. And then when she asked, well, when is it open? I was like, I don't know. And to my surprise, she was like, okay, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, there are moments definitely, I think, when she gets impatient. But I was so surprised at like how she was okay with just not knowing. How there are moments where she just doesn't know the answer. There are so many things that she's learning about the world and she just doesn't know. And I remember having a conversation with another pastor and we were talking about how we were chuckling about, oh, do you remember before last year in March where we were making plans about the year and talking about this and that? And we just felt so sure about everything. And then everything shut down. And so fast forward about a year later, we're talking and we're just laughing about like, you know, it's funny is that actually we just, none of us really know what's going to happen next. We never did. I mean, and when we thought we did, it was just an illusion. And the thing that with children is like, they realize like there's so much we don't know with the world and that's okay. But somehow when we get older, we're not okay with that. We're not okay with having timelines and deadlines um, coming as we please. And this is why James rebukes his readers saying like, why do you boast about tomorrow? You don't even know what's going to happen. And goes even further to shock us all by saying such boasting is sin. Because we claim things that we cannot. Essentially, we're just lying. Can we, once again, have comfort with the unknown? Just because we don't know doesn't mean it's not known. God does know. I have no idea how we're going to get out of this. I'm trying my best. But one of the best things I can do is simply be like a child and just lean back into my Abba Father and say, God, you know, even when I don't. There are so many things that we're going through right now where I just want to say to you, it's like, I, I don't know, but God knows. Can we be like children and be comfortable with the unknown? Honest transparency, comfort with the unknown. And third is dependent trust. When I was uh, not that old, I, I think I was in grade school at the time, I had a young cousin and uh, she, was just, she was just a baby at the time. And uh, I remember we were at church and we were playing. Uh, I think it was near the kitchen at the church. And um, we were just having a really good time. And a fun game that we were playing was we were on the counter 
And um, I would just open my hands, like open my arms like this, and she would jump to me. And we did this for a while, and then I started getting tired because you know I'm just I'm just a little boy. And so I started to walk away, but uh, my my cousin didn't want to stop playing. So she, like I was actually pretty far away from her, but she just jumped, and I panicked. So I just had to run back to the counter. Fortunately, I grabbed her in time, but I was very afraid because I was afraid that um, she would have fell at the time. And I was just amazed at how much she trusted me. She just knew that if I jump, you're going to catch me. Now, what the world tells us is that that's foolishness. Don't trust, don't jump because you can't trust people. And the more you trust people, the more likely you're going to fall to the ground and get hurt. And I wish I could say that is not true, but it is, it's a valid point, is that in this world, when we jump, we can't trust who's there. And so it makes it difficult for us to trust. It's just a hard thing. And as the older we get, it might be harder to trust people and to depend on them. But here's the strange thing with the heavenly, our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father is not like the fathers of this world. Perhaps the fathers of this world have proven to be untrustworthy. I don't know what your story is. But what Jesus is trying to say is that God, our Father, is a different kind of Father. This is a Father that you can jump and you know this Father will catch you. You don't have to be afraid. One of the most profound things of trust is that you're not so self-conscious about it. One concept um, that is in Japanese culture, but in other Asian cultures as, as well, I believe in Japanese it's this uh, idea of meiwaku, of this kind of burden. You don't want to burden people. And you don't want to make things difficult for them. I think about, in my own Korean culture, um, people would often be like, don't ask others for help, just take care of it within your own family. Um, I remember as a young boy in grade school, I was doing taxes for my parents because they couldn't speak English. And I'm thinking, why are you trusting this young boy? Is like, well, we just don't want to trust anyone else. You know, just take care of yourself. Don't be a burden to anyone else. And sometimes we do that with God. We're thinking, like, I don't want to come to God with my burdens because I'm just too self-conscious about like, how I impose on other people. Um, I think about when people enter into a house. Uh, in Japanese culture, they say, Ojamashimasu, right? And like, it's literally like, I'm coming in to, I'm sorry to bother you. you know? I'm sorry to come in and be a burden to you by just entering into someone's house. And sometimes we don't enter into the world of prayer. We don't enter into the world of Christian community because we feel like this, oh, I, I don't want to impose on you. I don't want to burden you. But one thing that I learned from children and parenting is that just to see how, how confident and brave children are to simply ask their parents and say, can I have this? And just to trust that they'll get it. And in fact, Jesus gives his teaching about prayer, saying that we must be like children, just knowing that, hey, if your Heavenly Father knows everything that you need, don't be afraid to ask. Ask because you just trust. 
jump because you know you'll be caught. Now it's hard for us because the world doesn't act like that. But God does. In this time, I've just heard so many heartbreaking stories. I remember, in fact, one time I was listening to the radio and it was a, it was a radio interview with many parents just talking about how, how difficult it has been on their children in these COVID times to receive education and how their marks are failing and they're worried that developmental benchmarks are not being met. And just a lot of parents are sharing a lot of honest fears. And I thought it, it really hit home because I, I know that, you know, in just a short while, Eden will be going to grade school. And I realized like there is so much that uh, we can't control. I wonder about where Eden will go to school, who will she make friends with, who will be the influencers in her life. Then I think about church. I think about the people that I have been called to serve here and how are they doing in these times? How will they do when we try and reopen again? And these are real fears that I face and I struggle with. And at some point, you just have to step back and say, God, I trust you. God, I trust that you hear the prayers. And I trust that when I extend my arms out to you, you hold me and you hold me well and I can trust you. In a time where there are many who are jaded, in a time where many who are cynical, in a time where people tell you the only way to be tough enough is to be tougher than the circumstances around you. In these kinds of times, Jesus' teaching is very countercultural. Jesus says, it's not about being tough at all. It's not about being cynical. It's actually quite the opposite. I want you to be like a kid again. So radical that you may as well just call it being born again. To trust again. We are all tired. We are all weary. It's, it's been a hard year. But God is saying to all of us, it's not about rising up and being greater than everyone. It's about being like a child. And in these times, children had no status. They had, they had no real benefits. They didn't really bring any contributions to society. And Jesus says, it's among these people that God is present. It is among these people that you see the kingdom of God. And blessed are those who welcome these kind of folks. Not the powerful, not the ones who are putting on all the fronts, who are presenting themselves with great bravado. The ones that the children of God are called to are other children of God who are humble in circumstance, generous in trusting God, comfortable with the unknown, transparent in their honesty with God. Let's just take a moment to pause. Release all those burdens to be so grown up, to be so in control and to have all the answers. Let us come with faith like a child because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. Amen.